Tiki Hut Media. Hey there, welcome into Soul Ramblings. I'm Jerry Wicker, and today is the final episode from Florida. It's the final episode of our six-part series, God Is. And it also marks the end of year three. We have been on the air three years with Soul Ramblings Podcast. We start year number four in November. We're going to take a couple of weeks off after this week and get everything moved and get the podcast studio set up and all of that. We'll be back in November with brand new episodes of Soul Ramblings Podcast as we continue on. For year number four. It's hard to believe it's already been three years since we started this podcast. We started in November, actually, of 2020 in the midst of a pandemic. And as we continue to pack up and move and get set back up in Tennessee, I do want to keep us focused on who God is as we move through this final week of being in Florida with Soul Ramblings Podcast. Imagine two siblings describing their father. One child might focus on how their dad is funny, consistent, or loving, while the other might focus on his work ethic, reliability, or patience. Now, both kids describe the same exact person, but each has unique experiences that influence how they view him. Similarly, all of God's children experience him a little bit differently, which is why some people might focus more on God's holiness and power, and others might dwell more on God's compassion and mercy. Either way, God is a perfect father, and his character is consistent with his word. But God also reveals himself personally to each one of us. That's why the way you describe God might not sound exactly the same as how I would describe him. And that's okay. The main thing is that we always want to make sure our view of God matches his word. Because of seeing God at work in our lives in different ways, coming together gives us a fuller picture of who he is. Maybe in a season of sickness, you've experienced God as healer, while someone else has had an incredible story of God as their provider. Both experiences strengthen our faith and help us learn more of who God is. The Psalms offer a great example of this. We find both songs of lament and songs of praise, each focusing on different things about God. We discover a God who is a comforter and a refuge in trouble, and also a God who is the source of our joy. The problem comes when we base our view of God on our circumstances instead of looking for God in the middle of them. When we view God through our personal feelings of the moment, we'll find a God who sounds a lot like us, or better put, we'll create a God who exists to serve our agenda. But when we instead choose to consider the true character of God in the middle of our circumstances, that's where we'll find hope, peace, comfort, and joy. So, who is God to you? Finding the answer to that question will be a lifelong pursuit. But it'll be the most important question we ponder. And as we wrap up our God Is series today, we look at God Is Hope for a Hopeless Situation. Our scripture reading for the morning is from Genesis chapter 16. We begin our reading this morning with verse 7. Let us hear these holy words. 
The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave girl of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, now you have conceived and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affliction. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, you are Elroy. For she said, have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? The word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of these our hearts be holy, pleasing, and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. My last sermon to you from this pulpit. I told a couple of people this past week because I've had some people out of curiosity ask, well, what's your last sermon going to be about? I said, this is my last one. I'm taking and naming names. So get ready. I'm glad you're here. Some of you are going to get named. No, I'm I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that because I'd have to name myself in that too. This account in Genesis, I remember Hannah, our administrative assistant. By the way, I've told Hannah in my time here, the smartest move I ever made was hiring Hannah as our administrative assistant. I love her. There was one day a few weeks ago, uh, and Hannah and I were just talking in the office, and I said, you know, Hannah, there's, I've forgotten what led us to this. I said, but you know, there are some pretty interesting stories in the Bible. And I pointed this one out to her. I said, in Genesis, there was a guy. And God told this guy and his wife, and they were like 80 and 90 years old, that they were going to conceive a son. And the wife laughed about it. And she said, really? I said, yeah. I said, and get this. They figured, oh, we're too old. So they took matters into their own hands. And the wife says, tell you what. Since I'm so old, you just have a child with my handmaid servant. And Hannah's eyes got real big. I said, it was commonplace in that time. It's calmed down. <laughs> it's, not, it's not anything that would happen today. And if it would, it would be scandalous. But in that time, it was common practice. She was intrigued by that. I said, yeah. Read some of Genesis. There's some interesting stories in the book of Genesis. 
And this handmaid, this servant, her name, Hagar. Hagar was in a precarious situation. She felt all alone. Have you ever felt all alone, even in a crowd of people? Have you ever felt all alone, like nobody sees you? And when I say sees you, I don't mean see you there physically, but I mean actually see you. One of the one of the movies that uh, that has come out recently that Beth and I really enjoy is the sequel to the movie Avatar that was out a few years ago. They've released a sequel to it called Avatar Way of the Water. And it's a sci-fi movie and there's a lot of great visual effects in it. But one of the things I noticed is the residents of this planet, Pandora, greet one another with, not like we do, Hello, how are you? How are things going? No, they don't say that. They come up to each other and they say, I see you. That's their way of saying hello. They say their name and then they say, I see you. Isn't that awesome? Because we need to be seen, not noticed physically present that we're there, but be seen. Because sometimes we feel like no one cares. That life somehow just doesn't seem to matter. Do you feel sometimes like that your heartache won't ever heal that you're going through because you're not seen? And that sometimes the pain is so great, you might even doubt that even God cares or sees your real problems. Well, today by God's very good grace, we're going to see some truth to speak to all of our hearts from this maid servant, this slave named Hagar. And I think it'll speak to all of us. The title of today's message is, and this is the final in our God Is series, Hope for a Hopeless Situation. Today we're going to be looking at a name of God, a name that was given by this lowly servant woman, Hagar. Now, to be sure, to be clear, there is only one God, but he has many names. And the Bible shows us those many names, these names that he has revealed to us, and they tell us a little bit about his character. They tell us something about who he is, each one of those names. And the names of God, they tell us about how he relates to us and his people. So we look at one of those names today in Genesis 16. Hagar. Let's give you some background of this story. As I said, she was a servant girl of Sarah and Abraham. She was from Egypt. She's a slave. She promised Abraham and Sarah that she was going to bless them with children. In fact, Make them into a great nation, and all nations will be blessed through Abraham. So God has this great plan for them, and that's in Genesis 12, if we go back and read that. And then we fast forward to Genesis 16. It's been 10 years that Abraham and Sarah have been waiting for this. 
they still don't have a single child. Ten years. It's a long time. Ten years. Matter of fact, Beth and I have been in Florida ten years. We moved here in 2013. That's a long time. Doesn't sound like it, but it is. And instead of continuing to wait on God through 10 years, they do what a lot of us do, take matters into their own hands. We need God. We need God, but sometimes we need to help God out. Or at least we think so. That's Abraham and Sarah's thinking. It's been 10 years. God evidently needs our expert advice and how to get this. So they get practical. And Sarah thought, hmm, okay, Abraham, guess what? Got an idea. See what you think about this. I got a plan. I'm going to take Hagar, my servant girl. You know her. You've seen her. Yeah. You can take her as your wife. And she can be like a surrogate, surrogate mother to me or for me, and bear children for us. That's a great idea. Like I said, this was commonplace in this time and culture. It's not scandalous like it would be today. And so they went ahead with the plan. The plan worked. She conceived. And according to the law, that child that Hagar bore would eventually become Sarah's. Now, while Hagar was pregnant... She began to flaunt the advantage because bearing children was an advantage for women in those days that she had over her that she had over her mistress. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of tension between Hagar and Sarah at this point. As a result, Hagar couldn't handle the conflict anymore. She goes into the desert. She flees. And that's where she's met by the angel of the Lord in Genesis 16. Now think about her situation. She's away from her family. She's away from her friends. She's alone. No shelter. No food. No water. No help. No sustenance. None of the things that she needed. Then the Lord's angel appeared to her and rescued her. And there's two firsts we see in this text. Two firsts. The first first that we see is this term angel of the Lord. It's the first time this is used in scripture. Most of the time, normally, this term is associated with appearances of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. This is the first time we see that term, the angel of the Lord. Secondly, Hagar refers to God as El Roy, or the God who sees me. God reveals himself in a brand new way. And Hagar, the least likely of people, receives this brand new revelation of God. This is an indication that everyone is important to God, no matter what their supposed stature is. Everyone is important to God. And that God is not willing that any of us should perish. There's several lessons to be learned from this text. First thing we learn is the first thing that Hagar learned. 
And it's quite simply, life is a struggle. You ever, I know you have, I love watching uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I love watching It's a Wonderful Life, that classic old film. And Jimmy Stewart's life, his perception of his life due to things happening to him during the entire movie, most of the movie, are things where he just thinks, my life stinks. Thing, everything's going wrong. Be better off if I wasn't even born. And then it has a happily ever after ending when he realizes that life really isn't that bad. It's actually a wonderful life after all. Well, the story of Hagar is not quite like that. It doesn't end with a happily ever after. It's not a wonderful life. It doesn't have a happy ending. Hagar had very little control over what was happening to her. She was a slave. She was far away from family and friends. She may have thought life was going to get better once she conceived this child, but things got worse instead. Hagar evidently decided that since she was going to have Abraham's child, she no, longer, she no longer had to show respect to her mistress, Sarah. And as you might expect, Sarah complained to Abraham about Hagar's attitude. As a husband, I can empathize with Abraham because Abraham wanted to stay out of the middle of it. I understand Abraham there. Abraham told Sarah, whatever you decide, handle it. Whatever you decide, I'm with you. So then scripture tells us Sarai mistreated Hagar. So Hagar fled. If you've ever felt like life is out of control, things are happening that you have no control over, if your situation seems hopeless, if you feel like no one understands, no one can help, no one even cares, all we got to do is look at Hagar. Hagar teaches us that life is a struggle. Secondly, Hagar teaches us that God sees us in our struggles. Hagar was homeless, hungry, broke, all alone, pregnant in a vast wilderness and was a nobody with nothing to offer. Worst of all, the very people who should have helped her, Abraham and Sarah, these are the people who knew God. <laughs> they were the ones that were hurting her. They were the ones who drove her away. But God did not abandon Hagar. God went to her right where she was. God knew exactly where Hagar was, and he knew just the moment when she would be ready to listen and listen to what he had to say. In your darkest moment, when you think things cannot get any more hopeless, things can't get any worse, when your problem seems too ugly and twisted and complicated, God sees you. He sees you. God knows exactly where you are, and he'll come to you. Hagar didn't expect that. Genesis 16, 13 tells how she reacted. Hagar gave God the name El Roy, the God who sees me, the God who sees. This is the only time, by the way, 
that that title for God is in Scripture. And it came from a runaway slave who found herself in the middle of a hopeless, dark, tangled mess. God sees your heartache. He sees your struggles. He understands your turmoil. God is there with you at your lowest point. He is your Elroy. He is the God who sees you. Of course, God does more than just see us. God will offer a solution to all your problems. He will. I like, I've always been a big fan of the Peanuts cartoons. I love Snoopy. Snoopy and Charlie Brown. And there's one that I found where Linus and Charlie Brown are having a deep discussion. And Linus says, Charlie Brown, I don't like to face problems head on. I think the best way to solve problems is to avoid them. In fact, this is a philosophy of mine, myself and my blankie. No problem is so big or so complicated that it can't be run away from. A lot of people feel like that. If they don't like their job, quit. Don't like your marriage anymore, quit. Run away from it. Your parents are too strict, run away. Drugs and alcohol and gambling and even working or shopping can all be ways of running away, escapism. We usually run away because we don't think there's any solution. But God always knows the changes we need to make. He always knows. He knows exactly what will make things better. And he knows exactly what will make things worse. In Hagar's case, the angel of the Lord gave her the solution to her problem. Go back to your mistress and submit to her. That brings us to our fourth lesson we get from this text. God's solutions are often unpopular. Go back to your mistress and submit to her. His solutions are often unpopular with us who receive that solution because it requires us to humble ourselves. Humility requires us to admit that, you know what? You may be wrong. Or, I don't understand the entire situation. Pride can keep, can keep us from observing God's command to do what is best for us. It keeps us in the deserts of life. Hagar was gifted. Hagar was blessed. But she was proud. Hagar did part of what God told her to do. She did return to Sarah. But Hagar did not do all God told her to do. If she had truly submitted to Sarah things would have been better off for. As it was, hatred grew between Sarah and Hagar. We continue reading on through Genesis. Eventually, Hagar and Ishmael had to leave the protection of Abraham's home for good. 
they ended up back in the wilderness in that same desperate situation that Hagar had been in before. I know all of us will agree. Life is a struggle. God sees our struggles. God offers a solution to our struggles. And God's solution is often unpopular. But it's necessary. Hagar's story provides several takeaways. The main thing I want you to hear today is that no problem is too big for God. No problem is too big for God. You'll never hear God say, well, Ron, I, I, you're in a mess. I don't, I don't see any way out of it. Good luck. God never says that. God never says that. God knows exactly what you need and what you need to do to turn that situation around. When you face difficulties in your life, are you aware that somewhere there is the watchful eye of El Roy, the God who sees? Will you allow God to be your consultant? Will you obey him when he gives you the solution? No matter how ugly or complicated or hopeless your situation seems to be, remember that God sees you. He will show you what to do step by step. All you have to do is listen and obey. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, awesome, awesome Father, El Roy. Thank you that you not only see us, but you love us. You care, and you're a great rescuer. And as we pray, as we spend this time this morning responding to you, we lift your name up, we call out on you, and we need you, Lord. We need you as comforter. We need you as our helper. We need you in our confusion and doubt. We come honest before you and how we feel and ask for you to give us your truth, give us your comfort. Thank you that you pursue us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And that wraps up this week, this series, and our time in Florida as we come to the end of three years of Soul Ramblings podcast. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. We'll be back the 1st of November with year four of Soul Ramblings podcast. Hope to see you here then. And be sure to click subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. That way you never miss a new episode when it comes out. You can also get social with us and stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram. Got links in the show notes of this episode. Go over there and like and follow us there. And before we scoot out the door and scoot out of Florida, this is our last episode from the state of Florida. Here is a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, Fix your minds on the things that are holy and right and pure and beautiful and good. We'll see you in November from Tennessee. Look forward to seeing you then. Until then, I'm Jerry Wicker. Grace and peace.
Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Mm-hmm.